Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. The BMW i4 M50. It's 100% electric and 100% BMW. Experience the power of over 500 horses stampeding at a whisper as BMW M-engineered handling takes you through every twist and turn. The complete suite of intuitive technology keeps you connected. The pure performance keeps your heart racing. The BMW i4 M50. Silence has never said so much. BMW, the ultimate electric driving machine. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. I don't mind telling you, it couldn't possibly be any better than where me and my main man from NFL.com, Adam Rank, are right now. We are on the set in the media center in NOLA, New Orleans, Louisiana, days in front of the Super Bowl. We just completed day one of NFL.com Live. I hope you caught it three hours worth of a cavalcade of football stars, Hollywood stars, day one of three. We're going to spin back some of the highlights for you right now. Coming up, Emmett Smith. You may know him. He's the all-time leading rusher of the NFL. Dave Keckner, always funny and a delightful man. Besides defensive end, bearded man, Brett Kiesel of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Eli Manning. I think he played well in the last Super Bowl. Michael Irvin and Daryl Johnston, they both played well in several Super Bowls for the Dallas Cowboys. And Andrew Luck, the guy who I say is going to be the rookie of the year. We're going to get into those rookie QBs, what's going to happen between the Niners and the Ravens, get the thoughts of all those names you just heard. But quickly, let's say hello to the man who I mentioned a moment ago there from NFL.com and beyond. He's also the fan, I'll say it for me now, hashtag to find out what Rank's doing here in New Orleans besides this show, NFL Fan Pass, yes? That's correct, NFL.com slash Fan Pass. Be sure to use the hashtag NFL Fan Pass for a behind-the-scenes look at what we're doing here. And before we get to that, Dave, thanks, boss, for having me. Thanks mm-hmm. for letting me tag sure. along to this to great city. To come to New Orleans, sure. I appreciate no, it. No, it's a you pleasure. I wanted I, uh, you to see it. No, 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 and I, it's been well worth it so far. Well, and uh, like I say, you, me, Matt Money-Smith, and Jamie Maggio are doing, uh, this is day one. We just finished on Wednesday. We'll go through Friday, 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That makes it 10 a.m. for the people on the West Coast. NFL.com Live. Follow along. You can watch it streaming, or you can watch back um, the video highlights uh, at any point at your leisure, or the entire show for that matter. Um, And like I say, Rank is also doing some additional stuff there, so look for that at NFL.com. And 
Rank, I don't mind telling you so far, I've been a little disappointed by your performance. I feel like what? you're trying to will yourself not into conceding that that New Orleans is better than Vegas. What did I right. tell you last week? And I've told you this many times prior to that. Vegas is for the junior varsity. Is it? When you're ready for the big time, though, when you're ready for the big stage, you come to New Orleans because that's where it's at, Rank. And I feel like you're not going out to experience it. What is it? What's your angle, boy? Not going out and enjoying the local fair? What happened to you? What happened to me? Yes, walking down Canal Street, I looked around and said, you know what? This is the varsity. There's nothing about this street that smacked. Dave, it was all a tourist trap, but I'll tell you what. What we did. Well, all right. There's the a first, main drag. The first night that we got here, you and I, we went out for a little dinner. Yes. And uh, we stumbled upon. Some us a, time. Before it gets crazy, we got, uh, you know, we, we reacquainted ourselves with, with two people named Adam Rank and Dave Damachek. Because we had been spending so much time apart, it was good mm -hmm. to come together. And I think that we stumbled upon a, a hidden gem in the Crescent City here. A little place called the French Quarter. Not a lot of people, <laughs> not a lot of people are familiar with this. And we yeah. found this this nice little joint called the Acme Oyster House. Yes. Which was delightful. Yeah, I'm, it was amazing. What were the chances that anybody else would be go would be in there? And lo and behold, who was in there? San Francisco 49ers tight end Vernon Davis. Mm -hmm. That yes. was fun. And we ate, that was cool. We ate the oysters. He was in there. He was taking pictures with everybody. That was Monday night. Pretty cool to see these guys out and about. LaMichael James walking down the street. I mean, right. it's really been um, on the show, on NFL.com uh, live and beyond. We really have uh, just, you, you, you really uh, would be hard-pressed to go five minutes without seeing mm -hmm. somebody, if you're a football fan, Super Bowl week, get to wherever that Super Bowl game's being played. As a Pittsburgh guy, it was fun for me to run into Mark Malone, Cordell Stewart, and uh, Chaz Batch in the span of literally four minutes walking through the hallways of New Orleans. So cool stuff there. All right, let's get to it, Rank. We, uh, we'll start it off here with the first guy who sat down with us on NFL.com live. Money, me, and Maggio. I think you were off, in the, you were off uh, mixing it up with the, with the people. The fans yes. are allowed into the media center. Yeah, it's see. pretty cool. Um, so, uh, yes, so we talked with Emmett Smith. Take a listen, won't you? And here he is from Escambia High in Pensacola to the Swamp, a uh, three-time Super Bowl champion, a Super Bowl MVP, four-time rushing leader, of course, one of the hallowed numbers in all of sports, 18-355, a football Hall of Famer, a pro football Hall of Famer. We welcome the great Emmett Smith. Emmett, Thank how are you? you? Thank you. I'm good. How about you, sir? I'm doing great. Doing well. I'll tell you what's fun. Today. It's fun watching highlights with Emmett Smith yeah. reviewing the plays and your reminiscences <laughs> of those carries. You know, you don't get a chance to see yourself as much these days as you did when you were actually playing. Uh, now you see the Patriots, you see the Steelers, you see the Ravens and, and the Niners. And so I love watching the highlights. It's the highlights itself that motivated me to play football itself. We see uh, the moment in there where Jimmy Johnson says, he said, give me the ball, you know, and we decide we're going to pound it. What about these two teams in this Super Bowl and the fact that we have two legit workhorse running backs going at it here? Well, I think you do have two legit workhorse running backs, but the problem is, from where I sit, <laughs> is that these defensive coordinators have had two weeks to prepare for these guys. And when you have that long to prepare and they're going into this game with the number one thought in their mind, we must stop the run first and then we'll worry about the pass. And so I think the running game may suffer for both teams. But if anybody has a chance to break out, I would think that it would be uh, the 49ers with their running game and their veer option on, on the edge. 
Does one of the running backs, you know, maybe tickle your fancy a little more than the other, Ray Rice or Frank Gore? Not really. I think they both are very, very good at what they do, and they both both represent their teams in a, in a, in a very effective way. And either one of these guys can actually turn the course of a game around at any point in time. As you can see, Ray Rice here running. Uh, he's good out of the backfield and catching the ball and also in, in space. And Frank Gore the same way. Uh, I mean, this is a, that was a big play that Ray Rice made. He can catch the ball in the, out of the backfield. Same as Frank Gore. They're kind of similar in that regard. They both have very good speed. I'm sure you've gotten this question a bunch already, but Adrian Peterson, I don't have to tell you, his numbers are starting to stack up there as his career goes on here. How do you feel? Where do you come down on that feeling of records are made to be broken or I want to keep that one forever? Records are made to be broken. At the end of the day, I talked to Walton Payton, Walter Payton and let him know let him know that I was chasing after his record and that I wanted to break his record. And he was okay with that. I've always been okay with people breaking records. At the end of the day, I broke somebody else's record. So why wouldn't I expect someone to come behind me and do the same thing? So if Adrian Peterson get it, more power to you. I did it, and I pushed the, the envelope a whole nother level. I went from like 16,000 to 18,000. Maybe he can get it from 18,000 to 20,000. Oh. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the bottom line is that record is steady moving further and further away from people. And making it very difficult. When, yep. when you look at all the running backs in today's game, who impresses you most, and who reminds you of your style? Uh, Style-wise, uh, I would say Mark Ingram probably reminds me of myself from a style standpoint. But Adrian Peterson has truly, even when he first got in the league, I knew he was going to be a special running back. And what he did this past year was very short. It's short of phenomenal because you just do not bounce back from a knee injury the way that this kid has. And that says a lot about him as a, as a football player, his work ethic, and everything else. You know, you, you mentioned Mark Ingram, and then immediately, I think Emmett Smith, Florida, first start, Alabama, at Bryant-Denny, and, and you just put it on the tide. I mean, talk about announcing yourself <laughs> to, the, to the SEC world, you know, with that first start. What do you remember about that game? Uh, I remember it being my very first start, and I remember two weeks prior to that, we played Miami and we played Tulsa. And, uh, and I remember that week, early in that week, going up to Galen Hall saying, Coach, listen, if I'm not going to play more, please redshirt me. And he said, we'll see you this week. And then finally I got a chance to start against the University of Alabama. And then before the game, I was saying to myself, wow, I either not got to put up or shut up. Be careful what you ask for because you just might get it. And I got the opportunity to start against Alabama, and the rest has been history since. When you put it on them. I mean, well, I think 177 <laughs> yards, a few touchdowns. Yeah. I have biggest win uh, of Florida in that, in that era. We have um, fans. We've asked fans to interact with us using the hashtag AskEmmett. And uh, here is our first one. What is your funniest Super Bowl memory in your three trips? Funniest Super Bowl memory. Watching Larry Brown get two picks yeah. in the Super Bowl <laughs> and to, to preserve our Super Bowl. Because Larry Brown had hands... Let's put it this way. Larry Brown couldn't catch a cold in Alaska butt naked. I mean, he has two left hands. So to see him catch two interceptions in one game was sort of phenomenal for him. So. You know what? I, you know who didn't enjoy that? Me, because I'm a Steelers fan. But uh, maybe we can well, talk sorry, about bro. that one. Michael Irvin, who we walk past in the uh, NFL Network hallways, one of my favorite conversations, is where your Cowboys team stacks up in the all-time annals when you start talking about NFL dynasties. I feel like as highly regarded as your Cowboys are, you just missed. You could have really won four, and if you talk to Michael Irvin about it, he says we should have won five in a row. Where do you come down on that? Well, I, I just simply say we won what we were supposed to win. Bottom line, I'm not going back and reflecting, but if I did, I would probably say four is probably a real good number, realistic number, 
but five would have been a stretch. But uh, at the end of the day, we got our three. I'm happy with that. I'm not going to reminisce over all those things and, and crowd with spilled milk because it was in the car for us to win three, and that's good enough. That's and plus, and plus, like you said, Neil O'Donnell we, gave and you and that plus third we beat the one Steelers anyway. too. So at the end of the day, we avenged our old Cowboys as well. So now, uh, Emmett, you're here uh, to help people out concerning their health. Yeah, um, from a gout standpoint, I have I have, I have gout, and so I'm found uh, working with Tech of Met Pharmaceutical. Uh, I uh, actually is working through. Uh, maintaining and controlling my gout issue. Uh, I had a flare-up in my big toe that created a big, big issue for me and uh, where I couldn't really walk and I had to go get some medical attention and uh, my doctor pre prescribed some good medication for me to help me keep it under control. So, so what's worse, turf toe or gout? Gout is by far worse than yeah. turf toe because turf toe, you can tape it in a certain direction and keep the pressure off, but gout is there and it's not going anywhere until you get to a, to a physician that can prescribe some good medicine for you, so. All right. Uh, do we have time for one more question? Yeah, sure. So someone asked what the funniest Super Bowl moment was, but I want to know, you worked, you played alongside one of the most colorful uh, players in the game for quite some time, Michael Irvin, of right. course, one of NFL Network's own. So give us your funniest Michael Irvin memory. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Too many. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. The funniest one for me, we play in Atlanta, my rookie year down in Atlanta. And uh, Michael Irvin runs a... A, what we call a four route, which is a square in. It's about 15 to 20 yards down the field. Scott Case is sitting on the hash mark. And Mike is on the Atlanta sideline. So he runs a little square in. Scott Case comes in and catches him just right. Babe Luffenberg throws the square in a little too far inside. And Scott Case is right there to hit Michael. Just as he's starting to catch the ball, he catches him in the head. Now, Michael's sitting on the ground. He has his tape on. And he, so he's turning to the Atlanta sideline, right? He takes his helmet off, put it on the side. He takes his his uh, his, his gloves, and he starts taking his gloves off and getting up, and he's standing up all proud, like, yeah, I took this hit. But Michael is completely knocked out. <laughs> Michael doesn't know where he's at. So he starts walking towards the Atlanta sideline with a smile on his face, and I grab his in our home, boy, you got to go the other direction. <laughs> Emmett, uh, last thing, who you got in the Super Bowl? I like the 49ers to win this game uh, based off of some of the things that I talked about. I think they're a much younger team. I think they're a fast squad offensively as well as defensively. They carouse the, uh, the runner very well. They, they attack and play defense solidly. They don't, they don't turn the ball over. But I'm rooting for the Ravens, for Ray Lewis, and for my friends in Baltimore. All right. Well, uh, Emmett, going to autograph a photo, put it on our Celebrity Picks board that we'll keep track of all week. I do want to say, because people may not pay enough attention to it, being named to the all-century team for Florida high school football. Talk about a remarkable accomplishment for people that know how much talent comes out of that state. Well, you uh, know. Quite a big deal. That is, that is a big deal. Yeah, and, so, and I'm honored that I was, I'm on that list. Yeah, <laughs> congratulations, all your successes. Thank you for the time. And again, for God awareness, as you said, you can attest to it because you're going through it yourself. Yes, thank you. Dave. Dee -da 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 -dum -dum. Dave. So there goes Emmett Smith now. In the name of being as uh, expedient as possible, let's get you two from the from Anchorman, from the Office, and uh, one of the good guys in uh, in uh, show business, Dave Keckner, 
Follow us on Twitter at NFLCom Live. How about using the hashtag ChampKind if you want to ask a question of our next guest? And I hate to be this guy, but I'm going to because I go way back. I mean, two decades when the Naked Trucker and T-Bone show I was hanging it. out at Largo and right our wacky on. morning show, Kevin and Bean, would have him come in and was wildly entertained. Here we are, 100-plus movies later. I was uh, in Largo a half dozen times for Naked Trucker success. myself. I mean, Fantastic. just uh, the old damsel in distress was there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is uh, one of the most talented men in Hollywood. We are pleased to have you. David Keckner, how are well, you, man? I'm great, man. Thank you. Well, thanks, thanks for, for taking the time out. And a uh, big football fan, we assume. Oh, yeah. Of course. I grew up watching the Chiefs. I'm from Missouri originally. Okay. Oh, no. So I was always a Chiefs fan. You know, back when had the Hank Stram days, Lenny Dawson, Eddie Podolak. Not a, yeah. not, not a bad era. Not a bad era. Not a bad era. And Andy Reid says he needs to just find the next Len Dawson. That's all he's got to do. And, and everything will be well for the Kansas City Chiefs, right? Yeah, we hope so. Yeah. What would you yeah. make of that hire? Do you like Andy Reid? Well, yeah. I mean, he obviously needed a change, and the Chiefs felt they needed one too. So hopefully it's all going to work out. They did it right away, which is a plus. So I don't know. We'll see what they yeah. bring. So Anchorman 2, we saw it coming in uh, late this year. Are you guys still working on it? Is it done? Is it in post? What do we got? We haven't started shooting. Have we started no, yet? No, I know. People are like, you guys better get busy. <laughs> we want our movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we start shooting in March. Okay. March, April, May, we're going to shoot it. Uh, I guess it comes out in December. That's what I've heard. Right. And anything you can share with us? Do you know anything about it? I do. Okay. I've read the script. <laughs> and that's it. There we go. No, it's going to be set at the advent of the 24-hour news channel. So okay. that's, that's, a, that's a defining event for the movie. Yeah. How much of it, with that, uh, with that gaggle of fellows, how much of that is improvised? Well, it's, you know, it's case to case, it's line to line. Adam McKay, who directs uh, the film and wrote the first one and directed this one too, he's a brilliant improviser himself, and he's so uh, magnanimous in that he'll just throw out new lines or let you do whatever you want after they've got a couple takes of every scene. So once you know you have it, then it's like, well, let's see what else we can get. And no one's going to change the plot, so you're really just inserting an alternative line perhaps, or just a new ending on a, an existing line, something like that. So it's not, it's not like everyone's just sitting there riffing the entire time. But what it does cause you to do when you're improvising, and I think that might account for some of the chemistry between all the players, is that you have to listen. Because if I know you have a line and my line's coming up, I'm thinking about my line, I'm not listening to you, maybe. It depends on what kind of actor you are, but if you're improvising, you must listen. So you're, there's a different level of engagement. Is there uh, reps? You got to keep your rod. You have to stay sharp. You have to stay on the road. You have to continue to improv, or can you just pick it up and go? Uh, I've been doing it for so long. Right. It's it's probably easy for me, right. but it really should be as easy as a conversation, because right. if you're in your head, you're not in the scene anyway. So improvisation really should just be having a conversation and agreeing to continue with whatever's happening. Right. Can you channel Champ Kind right now to do a couple of highlights for us? Of course, for you guys. Come on. <laughs> anything. It's the NFL. So you know the way the uh, the world of local news works. You get your shot sheet and you get your uh, your highlights running. So I think we're gonna we're gonna kind of give you a, a whole a little highlight reel here. You can walk us through. Got Sanchez looking for the handoff. Looks like somebody. Hey, there you go. There's a dinner. And here comes the steak. Speaking of steak, I like to eat it. Charlie Lancers every Friday night. A butt steak. A butt steak. I mean, Champ Kind trying to get a free dinner while he's still, right? still calling the game. What do we got here? San Francisco. There's one right in the pocket. Nope. Yup. And, hey, there's a little celebration in the end zone. Bing bong. You cannot play basketball on the football field. That's just embarrassment. And guess what? That's the beauty of tape. 
<laughs> oh, we got one more we for you. More. Here we go. There we Looks go. Looks like I got the bills stacked up. Nice floater to the end zone. And tag, you're it. <laughs> no tag backs. This is the NFL. Hot belly wide receiver there for the uh, for the Bills. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we uh, we mentioned you can interact uh, through our Twitter feed at NFL.com. So here we go. Our first uh, fan question for David Keckner, and it comes from uh, which sports network crews should face off on a battle royale, Anchorman style, here in New Orleans? Wow, that's fantastic. Uh, it should be uh, the NFL Network and ESPN, right? Sure. Right? I think yeah. so. That's Eisen V. Berman. Who wins that one? Eisen. Yeah. Okay. So he's got the youth on. I guess you got the playmaker versus Tommy Jackson then. I think you go with that. Eisen, I think uh, he goes clean sweep all the way through. <laughs> Bring all the <laughs> That's Landers. it? Yeah. I think Mariucci comes out and just segals everybody. <laughs> just goes through and just tears and starts beating up our own guys. So he's the last one standing. Yeah. Stop! Stop. Like, Stop beating up Rich, please. Speaking of uh, speaking of the network battles, it, you get the sense that that in Anchor Man, that was one that got away. It, it started. Did it start small and then just continue to grow? Did you guys keep adding to that pot? No, that was planned. That really? was an amazing. All shot in one day. All of the yeah, the stars came in for that one particular shoot all day long. It was downtown Los Angeles. It was 104 degrees. And, you know, you're thinking about this, 104 degrees, you're throwing people around, you're doing all this fight stuff, and then there's a man on fire. <laughs> Just about, in case. How about that guy's job that day? Yeah. And then we're going to light you on fire. What, what's going what? on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're going to cross frame. Now, listen, we want you to cross frame, but first we're going to light you on fire. Wait, what happens? I cross frame? That was amazing to watch. Yeah. How does that come about? Is it like people going through their Rolodex and being like, hey, can you appear in this thing? I mean, how did? I, I, I would guess so. Uh, you know, that's Will's relationships with a lot of different people. And so they came yeah. in for the day. It was Tim Robbins. Uh, who else was there? Luke Wilson. Um, Vince had been working on the picture. Uh, who else was in that scene? My gosh. Oh, Ben Stiller was in that day. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Do you, uh, do you have a, a favorite role? I know we talked a lot about Champ Kai and people love you. I mean, I love Thank You for Smoking, one of my Thank you. favorite. Yeah, I mean, and you were brilliant in it. And yeah. I know there was even some kind of Golden Globe Oscar talk about your, yeah, your role Yeah, yeah, but in that. then, you know, studios get behind one picture or the other. Right. It's too bad. Maybe ours should have come out later in the year. Yeah. <laughs> like, he pushed that one. Uh, your, your most recent child. So that was obviously a great one. Uh, you know, Jason Reitman's an amazing director. He's a lot of fun to work with. Mike Judge, one of my favorite films I've done is with Mike Judge. Uh, most people know him from for Office Space yep. or, or uh, King of the Hill. Yep. Uh, but there's a movie called Extract, and I got to play this oh, really yeah. annoying neighbor. Nathan, yeah. who just bothered Jason Bateman's character the entire film. That was a lot of fun. That was a twisted film. Just yeah. the sweatpants, though, I think very, you know, a lot, of, a lot of married guys yeah. can, can recognize can the sweatpants and the, the not tonight. And I wonder if it's on YouTube, one of your great forgotten roles yeah. on Saturday Night Live, The Executioner, the guy dropping the hammer, yeah. the, electric, uh, yeah. the electrocution. I did this character called Gerald Tibbins, <laughs> and he's kind of a river rat, you know, and so... Uh, Christopher Walken was the guest, and I was a guest ex executioner in this prison. I know it sounds dark, but it was actually very funny. I, I, sometimes I'll post some stuff on my YouTube channel, just YouTube backslash Keckner, David Keckner, and then, so if you put any of that material up, they usually take it down in a day. So if you're quick, you can, you can see old clips before some proprietary thing comes through and they can't, you know, leave it up. Did you guys shoot the first Anchorman during football season? Because I would imagine Paul Rudd is also a Chiefs guy. Rudd, Were you yep. guys stealing Rudd's, away to watch uh, Rudd some can KC go football? deep on sports. Yes. Uh, no, that was during the summer. I think we started uh, like right after July 4th weekend and filmed all summer. Yeah. There's more than one shot 
where you can't see us, but we weren't wearing pants because <laughs> was that it was hot? so hot. Yeah. yeah. Did um did, did you do you still do the naked trucker T-bone stuff? Dave Allen has gone back to Utah to be with his folks, so yep. we haven't done it. I'll do T-bones sometimes in town, uh, right. and I'm going to do it on this web series I have on YouTube. So it'll still still be around. How different is it now with with you know funnier die? Just the ability, like you said, your YouTube channel to quickly put things together and, and get them out immediately. It gives you, you know, independence. Yeah. You can truly build an audience in a way you couldn't do it before. Otherwise, you'd literally have to go to the other cities. Right. So now you can give voice to it and you can see if it works or it doesn't. Because now it's like, well, just go ahead and shoot it. Plus, it's so cheap you can shoot something on your iPhone and post it. Right. It's yeah. amazing. Yep. What do you get recognized the most? Is it Champ Kind or is it Todd Packard? Because I imagine you walking into bars and people thinking, oh, it's Todd Packard, let's get shots going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, it's both. It's, it's, it's Champ and, or Packer. Uh, every once in a while, you'll think you know what it is, and then they'll say, Talladega Nights. You're like, oh, all right. That'll work. Nice. Great, yeah. whatever it is. What, yeah. uh, what do you have going between now and, and March, if anything? Uh, let's see, Haunted House is still in theaters, the Marlon Wayans picture. Right. There's a small movie called uh, Small Apartments, which is dropping, I think, in a week. Uh, then I have my web series. I'm doing a thing with Bud Light this week. Right, you're at the you guys Bud Light come, Hotel right up the street. Come around, get a towel and a can opener. Okay. Oh, is wow. Pitbull going to be there? Pitbull's going to be there, and so is um, uh, Stevie Wonder's going to be there Saturday Whoa. night. Find out if Pitbull, is he angry or is he happy? Because he's doing this move a lot. <laughs> I, don't know so, what, I don't know what to make of it. What I'm getting from you is... <laughs> I should have a, 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 a card of some questions. Yeah. Dave yes. Damashek wants to know. <laughs> Say Pitbull, are you happy uh, or This isn't from me. This is from another Dave. I just have a feeling he wouldn't like me. If we, if we got to know each other, he'd be like, yeah, we don't need to be friends. I think he, at least that's where He's he would come start down. on a more positive foot. You should think, we're going to be buddies. We're going to be hanging out. Well, are you friends with Pitbull? Right. Yeah. You guys hang out? Tight. <laughs> Share in the room if that means anything. It's a suite. So Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder Pitbull. Saturday night. We've got yep. the EA Madden Sports oh, great. Bowl there on Thursday. Thursday, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. You guys going to come by? I'll be sure. there Thursday night. NFL Fan Pass will be there for the Madden Bowl. All right. Let's do it. Yeah, we're going to have some fun. Good deal. There's David also that they had a Facebook correspondence co uh, uh, contest. Okay. Bud Light didn't, so whoever that person is. Uh, going to be hanging out with me, I hanging guess. Hanging out with you. Yeah, yeah. so I've got a new oh, best friend, too. actually. He won. The damsel? Yeah. The damsel <laughs> in distress. <laughs> Two days hanging out. This Wait, is, is it like David, we, uh, we appreciate it. Congratulations on all your success. We'll see you down at the Bud Light Hotel all I week long. It. Just right up the street from where we're sitting right now on Convention Center Boulevard. And, uh, again, Anchorman 2. Come on. I mean, we got to get this thing rolling. We're going to get it rolling. Back into the, uh, the season. Yes. Who's this pick? Oh, yeah. Pick for the got? game. That would help. Uh, Ravens by two. Okay. Ravens by two. I kind of right. want Flacco to get a ring. I have a feeling that San Francisco is going to be there for the next couple of years. Yeah. You're friends with Pitbull and you want Flacco to get a ring. You're the only person <laughs> in the world All the that has those two coming. All right, he's got so an arm. Excited. Boom, that arm wins games. Damoshek, Damoshek, David, David, Damoshek. Love that Kechner. Also love this guy, the bearded one from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Even if you don't like the Steelers, you have to like him. Brett Kiesel. Well, and there it is, the dulcet tones of Brett Kiesel bringing us in to the beard. A Coug, then a Snow College Badger, then a Coug again. Shout out, though, to our guy uh, Randy Bauman back at DVE, the no morning question. show in yeah. Pittsburgh, PA, 102.5. Great fellow there. He wrote that song. He's actually going to be hosting my event next week to shave off this bad boy. So and it's a great, a great cause friend. that you do every year. 
Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh. All the money goes towards their oncology ward. Um, it's been awesome. We've raised close to $100,000. Brett, uh, you know how they have those those stop-motion cameras, or I guess, you know, they kind of film a sprout, like a little green shoot coming out of the ground? <laughs> at night, if you could point one of those at your face. <laughs> we need to do that. Right? We would see your hair actually grow overnight. It, 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 I can't believe how <laughs> thick this thing is already. Yeah, it's really came in beautiful, thanks to, of course, mm. Head & Shoulders. Of course. They keep it clean and smooth and beautiful, and, uh, you know, they're the reason I'm down here. We have a great website deeplikeTroy.org where Troy and I are actually teaching interesting things about follicle beautifulness. <laughs> is that what it is? How long did you have to study this? Did they, did they send you off for a crash summer course? Well, I think we didn't really have to study. We're more like the professors. So we're, we're, we're preaching to our audience about, you know, mine, you know, is the art of the beard stroke. And if eyeglasses make you seem like a more deeper, enlightened person, sure. all those things you can find out at deeplikeTroy.org. I like how you gaze into space. Yeah, that's all part of it. It's all part of it. Nailed it. Yeah. No, come on, how do you eat with that? Isn't that? You know, the worst part was the mustache. Yeah. And for the first two years I did this, I didn't trim the mustache at all. And I've realized that it's much nicer eating when you just trim the mustache a little bit. Obviously, I've still got some nice wing growth there, but um, it's really not that bad. All right. Kiesel, I spoke with you during the season. Midway through, things were a little rocky. I told you I don't like jive talk. I wanted I wanted the straight poop. I thought we had it figured out after the Baltimore victory over there in Baltimore. Now it's the Ravens in the Super Bowl. The lament of all Pittsburgh sports fans is, who do you root for in this one? The Niners could get six rings and match the Steelers, or the bald birdies getting a ring. Yeah. What's bad? What's worse? Uh, it's not good either way. You know, I don't want them to get the six pack. We like our six pack. And at the same time, our bitter rival, the Baltimore Ravens are here competing for a Super Bowl. So I, I hate to say it, but I, I think that Baltimore will win this game. Hmm. Um, mostly because in my experience being in a game like this, when we had, you know, the bus, Jerome, knowing that it was going to be his final road. Um, we all, it seemed like we all had some magic when we were playing in that, that last, you know, we were the last seed. We got in, we just went through it. And um, I feel like Baltimore's in kind of that same scenario where they're all fighting for Ray Lewis to go out on top. They all love the guy. He's taught them a lot and is their leader. So I expect them to win. And also, you think Chaz Batch is better than Colin Kaepernick? I, I do. Think we all My man Charlie Bass can't play. <laughs> now, uh, we see two physical teams in the Super Bowl. You know, not that the Giants weren't physical last year or the Patriots, but it seemed like we started to talk about these spread offenses and slinging it around. And this year you got two teams that are noted for their defense that like to run the ball. Do, do you appreciate that as a defensive lineman there? Absolutely. You know, I, I hope these are close. This is going to be a close Super Bowl. I love it. Low-scoring Super Bowls. Um, defense is going out and shutting offenses out. But, uh, you know, I've been surprised. Baltimore's given up almost 400 yards in this postseason, which isn't yeah. really like them. And so it'll be interesting to see how they stop Kaepernick in this tough 49er offense. How do you stop Kaepernick? I think you smash him, get after him early. <laughs> you know, that's always been our mentality. That's what they teach us. Um, at Pittsburgh is to get after the quarterback early and often that will have an effect later in the game. 
Do you um, do you trim the beard to keep the follicles alive, and then you notice they grow quicker? Or how does it work? I don't. I don't really? trim it at all. That's I, natural. The only thing I trim is the stash. Yeah, all this is just from easy letting it grow. Unbelievable. I mean, how dense that is. That's the most impressive well, part of it. Listen, it draws the paparazzi, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hear from our producers that they've been following oh, yeah? you with cameras all week oh, long and seeing what you've been up do to. Do we have any evidence of that? Apparently. Let's oh, take I guess a look. we do. Let's take a look. Brett Kiesel around uh, New Orleans, huh? There I, I am. It looks like on a balcony, huh? I like that coat. I'm going to wear that coat <laughs> home. Sharp. All right. Oh, there. Oh, what is oh, that? Yeah. Louisiana seafood. Yeah. Eating contest. Very intense. That was good. Yeah. That, yeah. I, I'm a competitor. What can I say? You know? <laughs> Hot dogs. And I think finally on our uh, our loop of. Oh, oh man. That, that it's not that. a trip to New Orleans without that. You got to get picked up. Throw. Yeah. Spend the night in the pokey That there. was last night. I really had to go to the restroom back in that alley, and they busted you know, me. You, know? you got to go. You got to go. Uh, so you're here with Head and Shoulders. Uh, you mentioned the Troy Polo. I want to make sure I get it right. Troy Polamano School, School of Deeper Learning, the TPSDL. I should have just gone with the act. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's been great. Head and Shoulders has uh, really taken this beard to a whole new level. And obviously, Troy and I have a lot of fun with our yeah. School of Deeper Learning. I'm, of course, the professor of beardology right and uh you know it's been a lot of fun being down here and hanging out with those guys and it's coming off in uh what three weeks about next week next week february 7th we're okay. going to hold an event called sheer to beard right and it, like i said before it all goes towards children's yeah. hospital of pittsburgh upmc it's a lot of fun to see the transformation Is wow. it, does it feel good to actually shave it off it does. It does. I'm ready. You know, unless, you know, those ice storms come through there, I walk outside to get the paper in the morning, and it's kind of a shock. It's way <laughs> like a, a 25, 30 pounds at that. Yeah, I'm thinking about, you know, getting a scarf or something sewn into it. We'll all right. see. Not that, uh, not that all of our questions haven't been stupid, but this is our wheel of stupid questions. You cannot see them. Jamie, why don't you give that a little I'm spin? Give a spin. We, uh, we rip one out, and we, we ask the guest. So we can pawn it off as though it wasn't our idea. If they're all covered, though, then why do we have to spin the wheel? That's a good question. That, that's an I think it's question. just the presentation. Well, we're do it anyway. You ready for this? So ready. Okay. Ketchup on a hot dog. Yes or no? Do you do it? Yes. Ketchup? Ketchup. Yeah. Come yes. on. It's for children. That, that sounds like a terrible Ketchup's question. Ketchup's a sugary like, condiment for children. You can't put ketchup <laughs> on Go to the O, right? Relish Go to the O in Oakland. Yeah, head to the O. Onions. Head and shoulders again. You mentioned the Ravens. You want to give us a score? I'll say 24-17. All right. 24-17. He'll fill it out, put it up on our celebrity picks board like all of our other guests have so far. Uh, Brett, we appreciate it. We look forward to seeing you throughout Super Bowl week. Thank here. you guys so much for having me. Appreciate it. 2013, Keith. So that's the that's year, right? Pick? Oh, yeah. That's our year. I thought you were picking the score. You listen to Dave All right. There goes Kiesel. And here comes the defending Super Bowl champion. He was the MVP of the game, in fact, Eli Manning. Normally, we like to list the accomplishments of our guests as they come on stage. There are just too many. We just sit here <laughs> rattling off a list of the uh, two-time Super Bowl MVP, let alone what he did at Ole Miss. Ole Miss, he made them a contender in the SEC, a, a Sugar Bowl victory, for goodness sakes. It's Eli Manning, native, uh, back here in your hometown. Is it exciting to be here for a Super Bowl walking around? I know you're not playing, but, you know, you're at home. No, it is. It's, uh, it's been fun. Got in yesterday and, uh, you know, staying with my parents. And, uh, you know, so it's a little unique uh, Super Bowl experience. But, uh, you know, it, it's obviously a great town. Uh, Ari, Ari uh, had a big lunch today, some good food. Got some, you know, gumbo and different things that you can get in New Orleans. So I'm, I'm going to enjoy the week.
Do you have the long waits at the restaurants? Because it's very busy here this week. I, can you call up? I and got just a connection say, or two. I got a little <laughs> inside track. Do you, do you say I'm Archie's son? I'm Peyton's brother? Yeah, Archie. Or Everything, everything's Archie. Uh, yeah, Archie gets away with anything here, so that's a no-brainer. <laughs> so, which of the? I want to ask you. I'm a big Giants fan. Which of the two Super Bowls? Was, which of the two was more exciting for you? Had more meaning? You know, but, I mean, I think it's impossible to pick one that has more meaning. The first one, obviously. Um, just because it's all new. It's brand new. You don't know what's going on, and, and uh, you don't know what the emotions you're going to have after you win a championship. So that's obviously very exciting. Uh, the second one I thought was um, you know, just a better played game by us. I thought you know, the two-minute drive was more executed. You know, it was bam, 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 right down the field. You go score. Uh, the, the first one, the two-minute drive, was, you know, almost had a couple intercepted, you know, had the crazy play. So I guess you uh, kind of saw the progress between the first two Super Bowls. You mentioned uh, New Orleans, obviously, born and raised, but you've been in New York long enough. You know that rivalry, New York and Boston. We see it Red Sox, you know, and and Yankees. But, I mean, you took out the Patriots in both of those Super Bowls. I have to believe you hear an awful lot of that from the fan base. Oh, yeah. I don't think I'm very popular in Boston and and around New England. So, uh, you know, I see a lot of Patriots fans who who are not very pleased uh, with me or the Giants. But, uh, you know, that's, that's okay. That comes with the business sometimes. How'd you end up at Ole Miss? Like, uh, I mean, obviously you follow the family, but, you know, Peyton goes to Tennessee. What else was in the mix there? Well, I think uh, uh, David Cutcliffe uh, yeah. became the new head coach at Ole Miss. He was an offense coordinator at Peyton in Tennessee. I got to know him very well uh, when he was at Tennessee. Liked him, liked his offense, liked how uh, he trained quarterbacks. And so when he became the, the head coach at Ole Miss, that really kind of swayed me uh, away from some other schools and brought Ole Miss back in the picture and, and – uh, Obviously, uh, you know, had great success there, and, but uh, Coach Cutcliffe was a big part of that. NFC East, always one of the more compelling divisions, obviously. What do you make of what's going on there? We have you, the classic, uh, cut the classic figure of a quarterback. On the other hand, you, you may have heard what happened down in the nation's capital with RG3 this season. What do you make about this trend of uh, the running quarterbacks, and is Eli going to start getting on the move some more now? You know, I don't think I'm going to be doing the read option anytime soon. I'm going to leave that to some other guys. But, uh, you know, obviously the NFC East is a, a, a storied uh, division, great teams. And, you know, you never know who's going to be the team to make the playoffs or which two teams. And it seems to change up each year. And so it's very competitive. And uh, we kind of beat each other up throughout the season. It's hard to, you know, go out and, and win uh, five, you know, four or five games in the division. That means you're playing pretty good football. We better get Archie and tell them to yeah, exactly. quiet I mean, this band down. Maybe he's not. They, they follow me around. Oh, that's, exactly. my, oh, that's your authorized. That's, that's my traveling band. Um, the Xbox. You're here with Xbox. I love the Xbox Connect. I play with my kids, the old Xbox Adventures. I, you know, they, they snap the photos of you. Right. And it's great, but at the end of the game, you're looking at yourself like, really? It's That's all? That's all I got? Like five inches of bird? But uh, Xbox is. Yeah, I think the Connect with Xbox, and they teamed up with uh, the NFL Play 60 to try to encourage kids to get that 60 minutes of activity. I think it's great during the winter. It's cold. It's getting dark sooner, you know, especially a day like today where it's raining outside. Kids can't get outside. It's a way the kids can still, uh, you know, uh, do a track game, run around. I've been doing some boxing earlier today. And I also, like you said, get, get parents and kids interacting together. Uh, I know a lot of parents, they see a remote control. They don't know. There's too many buttons and too much going on. With the Connect, you know, your body is a remote control. And uh, I think it's great to, you know, help kids stay active and get going. And uh, even though it's a lot of fun, they're still getting their physical activity for the day. Don't jive me, uh, Eli. Jamie asked you about the two Super Bowl wins. 
Do you watch him regularly? Do you have still shots hanging in every room of the strike to Mario Manningham in Plexico? No, I mean, uh, my, my, I think my mom, she, she sends me a text every time uh, she sees the game on TV. And, uh, <laughs> you know, they're, they're playing the 07 one right now. So, you know, and, and I don't, you know, I'm not like running to flip it on. So uh, she sent some earlier this week. I think they're doing a lot of Super Bowl uh, reruns this week. So she's been texting me a lot. But I, uh, I've seen him, uh, you know, obviously, but, uh, you know, I'm not going back to watch them uh, every every day. Where are the rings? Where do you keep the rings? I keep them in a safe. Uh, they're, they're in a safe place. Uh, it's kind of one of those deals that uh, I kind of, I guess I have my own rule or whatever. We got the, we got the ring in May. I kind of wore it, uh, you know, every once in a while until, until about August. Once August starts, start training camp, the ring goes up, and uh, I'll probably break them out again when I retire. You know, I know uh, it's it's in New York, and it was for Ole Miss, but when you're a son of a Manning, you know, the whole state of Louisiana gets behind you. And out uh, in the field right now, our man uh, Adam Rank is in our Bridgestone fan zone, and he's standing with Troy Landry. Yes. A, a question for Eli Manning, as a matter of fact, Adam. One Louisiana legend to another, Troy Landry. You got a question for Eli, don't you? Yeah, Eli. I want to know if you ever found one like this in your backyard. I've never found one like that. <laughs> I would run. I would run on that. That's, that's scary. I'm getting ready to run from this one. Yeah. Thank you, Adam. If you Thank you. Like this in your backyard, go. Yeah, I will. I will for sure. Troy Landry. Um, do, you, do you watch Swamp People at all? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, it's it's wild. So uh, we have our football camp, our high school football camp in, in Thibodeau, which is right around that area. And so uh, come face I, to face. I, no, I, uh, I stay I stay away from the alligators. That's not uh, it's not, not my strength. So right. uh, I let let the Swamp People deal with that. It makes a defensive end look a little less intimidating, I guess, <laughs> if you got to scramble from, from alligator show. That was a little guy. That was a little guy. Uh, all right, well, Eli, uh, you got a, a prediction this week? Niners, uh, Ravens? I've already given like six different ones. I switch teams every time. It's yeah. kind of whatever I'm feeling at the moment. But, uh, you know, I'll go 49ers this time. Uh, they'll win by, you know, four. Whatever. All right, Eli, let's go. I, I, you're, I want you running that uh, that spread option. Uh, let's go. Let me coach you. Up you up you're going to coach oh, me oh, up. Dave's going to coach you up. Here we go. Right, how are we doing? Ready for this. Listen, here's what we're doing. Into the gut, and now I'm keeping it now. Where's the ball, the defense is asking. I don't know. Damashek still got it. Now he's in the end zone celebrating you do your dance. six points. Oh, that's, you a, know. that's a big dance. That's you know, whatever. The, the dance isn't what it's about. <laughs> it's about the points on the floor. Right, it's that simple. It's okay. that simple. All right, good. I, th I don't think they think that I would have the ball. That's a problem. They don't. They don't I don't think they assume that's, that I'll be running. That's the element of surprise. Ah, you see, ah, that's like this style. is going to be big in 2013. Oh, Eli, Eli, OCU and yours free agent. That's been a lot of talk of this offseason. How much do you maintain contact with the guys, and and how much do you participate in that conversation about you know what's happening with this team moving forward? Yeah, um, you know, yeah, I keep in touch with the guys. I was a lot of my buddies, a lot of guys uh, in town this weekend. And so, uh, you know, we, we got to get back to, you know, work and know that we got to get a, a better team. Nine and seven is not them to cut it anymore. And, you know, we're not far off. We are a talented team. And, you know, you think about, hey, we're one game away. You win one of those close ones early on versus Philly, uh, a close one like a late versus Washington. One of those games goes the other way, you're in the playoffs, and, um, you know, you never know what, what happens from there. So it's always go get in the playoffs, and then, you know, yep. hopefully you're playing your best football at that moment. And the Super Bowl, of course, in New York next year. If there's nothing better than playing it in your hometown, it's going to be playing it in your home stadium. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, obviously that first kind of cold weather Super, super uh, Bowl being played, and, 
uh, it's gonna be exciting. And but again, uh, we gotta keep our focus kind of uh, a, li a little. Just hey, let's make the playoffs. Let's not be thinking Super Bowl right away. We gotta make the playoffs first, get better some things, and hopefully uh, that'd be pretty special. Obviously, to play in your own Super Bowl. I know you're here for Xbox, but you're not messing with that during the season, right? You're, you're studying up the opponent. Oh yeah, I'm studying. Yeah, okay. definitely. I'm, right, studying, I'm studying up the Thanks. opponent, so uh, you don't have to worry about that. Opportunity to uh, to plug something locally. You know this town. It's all about the food. It's the best food in America. Just just the Eli Manning. You've got to hit this place if at all possible. You know, I, I, it's, it's tough for me to lift uh, lift places. There's too many I'm loyal to. But I'll just say, uh, you know, you gotta you gotta get some oysters. You know, I'm gonna go food. You gotta get some oysters. Grilled or raw? Uh, raw, raw. Raw oysters. You know, yeah, raw oysters. Uh, you can do some maybe some charbroiled uh, oysters, something like that. But some raw oysters, and um, yeah, you can't go wrong. Well, Eli, congratulations on all your previous success. Good luck in the future. And again, Xbox, love that connect. And, and I'm one of those guys. The remote freaks me out. But, yeah. you know, if I just got to jump around and, uh, and act the fool, I'm happy. So, no doubt. No doubt. Absolutely appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Eli. Hey, thanks a lot. Dave Damashek. Out went Eli. In came Michael Irvin, one of our favorites from NFL Network. And he brought along a pal of his, Daryl Johnston, of those uh, Dallas Cowboy teams. Michael Urban, a three-time Super Bowl champ, a ring of honor, one of the most uh, inspiring and emotional Hall of Fame speeches we've ever seen. And I will say, uh, for those of us at the NFL Network that work with Michael, if you're close to him, protect your radius and your ulnar. Because when he gets excited, those, you, you know how you can catch those passes in traffic. That grip is so strong, it will just, damage it will turn your arm oh, into I, I've told him before, he's, he's the most physical broadcaster I've ever seen, just like he played the game. He always says that, man. Turn it Don't, touch me. Don't touch me. We were just talking about it before you came on. Randy Moss saying he's the greatest wide receiver in the history of the game. Uh, where, where do you put Randy Moss? How does he fit into the conversation? Well, you know, and, and I've said this, man, and, and, and I, I've said I use two B words in this. I think Randy, it's blasphemy to say that, you know, and, and all of my Jewish friends, excuse me here, but I've always called Jerry Rice Jesus in cleats. <laughs> you know? So that's blasphemy to say you're greater than Jesus sure. in cleats, Jerry Rice. And wearing a San Francisco 49ers <laughs> uniform. But the other B word is brilliant because he has us having a conversation that we already knew the answer to. No, Randy, you're not the GOAT. Jerry Rice is the GOAT. His receptions led to Super Bowls. You have a lot of receptions, but you have no bling. And you can't consider the greatest. All right, well, somebody yeah. who does have bling and has some nice numbers and was on some great teams. Michael Irvin. Where does Michael Irvin rank among the greats of the Super Bowl era, let's say? Well, you know what? I, I, I think they just did a fan poll of all the greatest Hall of Famers and all of that. And I, I think in receivers, they, they pick. I just, I'm just checking on this. So you can check it, but I'm pretty sure I'm yes. correct. Jerry Rice. As soon as they ended with the E and Rice, they started with the M and Michael. Oh, you can just take it how you want to take it. That's what the people say. <laughs> and I'll let the people tell you who's the, where, where I rank. Because I, too have three Super Bowl yep. rings, you know, and I think that's ultimately has to be the key in the judging moment is that you get to a Super Bowl with those receptions. And it seemed like with the team that you were playing with, you sacrificed a lot of statistics to win. Well, and it's about winning. And, 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 you know, we had guys like Emmitt, you know, we, we had a team. We're, we're not just throwing the ball. And now in today's game, too, let me tell you, let's, let's be real here. 
In today's game, it's all about passing. It's all about throwing the football. So we got to make sure we're monitoring the touch, the, 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 the Super Bowl, and not just the reception. So who impresses you from the wide receivers we're going to see on Sunday? All right, well, I, I, I love what Michael Crabtree is doing. I love what Michael Crabtree, what, what a talent that he's emerged into with Colin Kaepernick now at quarterback. But also, Torrey Smith. Torrey Smith against Denver a couple weeks ago. Torrey Smith, every time Champ Bailey let him take a free release, he beat Champ Bailey. Deep balls, he beat Champ Bailey. Every time they got hands on Torrey, he didn't make a play. San Francisco 49ers, they never put hands on on receivers, and maybe they should start this week. When you say hands and, and you mention Crabtree, I just think... When of, I say I, hands, let me clear for the people, that yeah. means jamming the receiver at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. You know, every time you let that receiver go, I don't mean to touch on your heart, but every time you <laughs> let that receiver go, he gets running, and especially a guy like Torrey, he's too fast. How important are those hands? You know, because I think of Crabtree in Texas Tech and what he was able to do uh, in traffic. With, and that seemed to be the quality that he had that a lot of people always alluded and, to. And, and things like that, it's all about confidence. You just talked about it in traffic. You know, people always used to tell me, Michael, man, you're fearless. Shut up. I'm not fearless. I'm human. I get afraid. <laughs> Courage is not saying I didn't have fear. Courage is saying you have the ability to overcome your fears and you overcome them with confidence and things like that. And that's what Michael Crabtree is starting to just exude. I'm going to tell you what was brilliant. Nobody noticed it. Nobody said a word. That last, that last game against Atlanta, Crabtree going through some of the issues that he was going through coming up to that yep. game that we've heard about, you know, I've been right in that situation. You've got to go on a game. You're thinking about DAs. You're thinking about indictments. You're thinking about testimonies. And you have a game to play. Did you see Jim Harbaugh? Just brilliant, man. First play of the game, they rolled the coverage to Michael Crabtree. He didn't care. He put that ball up, threw a quick hitch to Michael Crabtree saying, get your butt in this game right here. I thought it was yep. brilliant. I thought it was brilliant because it brought him to the game and removed everything. I'm waiting for the pass interference, the offensive pass yep. interference, and no flags coming. I yeah, need someone to block for there me. There we go. Bring him on. You know this guy. That's, DJ, that's my man There's right there. Well. Oh, you know what? First, uh, right. first fullback up, ever What's invited up, to the Pro Bowl, oh, yeah. uh, an integral part of those three championships. And I'm sorry, Michael, but uh, the best-dressed man on television, I swear he is. I mean, you got Kenny Albert and, and the wacky hair when they're doing the stand-up, and I just keep my eye on that man's suit and how buttoned up yeah, he he's looks. Good man. That, that's uh, his wife. She does a wonderful <laughs> job. Yeah, yeah, I, like the, I like the nice skinny they all suit. Of the, oh, there she is right there, too. I, see, I threw you some love, baby. She's I love that. Thanks hey, for taking we, the time out, Moose. We had Emmett Smith out, out here earlier, and, Michael, it's one of my favorite things to talk to you about over at the network is what that Cowboys team, for all you accomplished, how close you came to being – I feel like history – diminishes you just a little bit. People talk about the 70s Steelers and the 80s Niners. Where do you think that early 90s Cowboys team ranks? And if Jimmy Johnson sticks around a little longer, how many do you win in a row? Do you guys talk about that at all? I think it's hard to talk about what would have happened if Jimmy stayed there because, you know, really I don't want to think about it if he did. I think it could have been really good. But you have yeah. to understand that it was also the same time that the salary cap and free agency were coming into play. I think a lot of people don't realize, you know, we lost Tony Wise, Dave Wanstat, Norv Turner. We were losing coaches as well as players. So I don't know how good we could have been. You know, we, we can all sit back and reflect. 
but the 92 team, getting to the other part of that question, you know, I, I agree. You know, I think that the great teams, the 70 Steelers, you know, one, you pick your favorite one through there. Uh, the 49ers of the 80s, I think the same thing. Which one of those ones do you think is the best? Uh, for us, I think it was the 92 team, and I'll stack us up against either one of those two teams. Yeah, you know, and, and for what? Troy and I talk about it. We should have <laughs> won five, at least five. You know, Troy, I've been at lunch. Troy and I eating lunch, he's looking up and saying, we should have won five. And then we get back in, you know what I mean? So In a row? We, we should have yeah. won five in a row. You don't know when you're in it. We're just playing, playing, playing. You know, it's so funny because, as you mentioned, Noah, Noah used to say to us all the time, enjoy this. You guys have no idea what you're doing. He said, this is not easy to do. And you may never, ever be a part of anything like this again. And, and he's right. It's very difficult. People don't understand how difficult it is to win a Super Bowl. It yeah. is very difficult. Daryl, I remember uh, Jim Harbaugh saying it when he got the job at Stanford. He said, you know, what, back in the day when he told Bo Schembechler he wanted to coach, he said, okay, you're going to have a tight end that puts his hand in the ground? Yes, sir. You have a fullback? Yes, sir. Then you can be a head coach. Are you excited to see these two teams in the Super Bowl, both using fullbacks, both using the power running game? I am. I, I am because it's a position that's kind of died off and, you know, we, we get teased a lot, you know, and, and I, you know, Kurt Warner, you know, his, his group is the one that was the demise of the fullback position. Yeah. You know, even though James Hodges was a great part of that offense, but the greatest show on turf, trying to get that matchup with the third wide against the nickel or the fourth wide against the dime, it was the fullback that was coming off the field. So as everybody started to transition to that style of play, the impact that Mike Martz and Dick Vermeil had on the league at that time, there was a big change, and the fullback was the position that got hit. So, you know, we've been fighting an uphill battle to get back because, in my opinion, the decade of the 90s was the glory year for our position. If you go back and look at the guys that played, Rathman started to revolutionize mm -hmm. the position. Uh, you know, Kimball Anders, Tony Richardson, Sam Gash, Lorenzo Neal, Larry Centers. I mean, Howard Griffith. It was such a great group of guys in that decade. And then here we get to the 2000s, and we're gone. I mean, we, we don't exist anymore. So it's great to see guys like Vontae Lynch or Vontae Leach, to see Bruce Miller, what he's doing. And, and a lot of that has to do with Greg Roman because he's taken this pistol offense, but he's got not just read option, but he's got power. Mm. And he's got some old traditional, you know, put your hand in the dirt and let's go get four-yard style running plays incorporated into this new style of offense. So for our position, what Vontae and Bruce can do in this game is, is huge. And, and Jerome Felton up in Minnesota. And really, if you look at the stats, what he meant to Adrian Peterson in his yeah. great season this yeah, year, Adrian's I mean, he was much more productive with Jerome in front of him than he was as a single back. Doesn't it make sense that as the defenders get lighter, they get lighter defensive ends, lighter guys who are fast, that somebody says, you know what, I'm going to bring in an offense that is going to just pound the ball? I think the other one is the, the, the big guy inside that is so quick. The 6'4", mm -hmm. 350 that can beat a guard quick and can run down somebody in a 12-yard space, to have the fullback as a buffer. If you're a single back and you got nobody in front of you and your guard gets beat quick and you've got somebody in your face, it's just like a quarterback with pressure in his face. Well, what do I do? Now you're second and 14 with the fullback there as a buffer. I'll take that guy. In. We did it with Nate. I would tell mm -hmm. Nate all the time, do not turn around. If you, beat, if you get beat quick, climb to the second level. I got your guy you got to go get my guy. And once you get that coordination, you know, that you have a lot of broken plays that turn up to be 25-yard runs because the defense is like, what was that? You know, how did, why did they block it that right way? there inside. <laughs> there you you know, heard that tell Nate, don't yeah. worry about it. If he beats you, I got him. Yeah. You go get the that, next that's, that's guy. The that's the fullback right play there. Right there uh, man. We, have, we asked the, uh, the audience to interact with our guests here uh, through our Twitter feed, at NFLcomLive. And here we have a question for Michael. Asked, do you think Des Bryant will live up to the hype of wearing your number? I, I think Des is starting to live up 
to the height that uh, from the pick that he is and, and first round picking that uh, that all we've talked about. I mean, they, it, it, it's still a long journey. Still a long journey. Bishop and I talk about this all the time. There's a reason they don't they don't ask you to go 100 yards in four downs because when a journey is that long and that great, what you need is small celebrations along the way. We call these cell- small celebrations first downs. You get enough first downs, you end up with a touchdown. Now, Dez, is he there? Is he over the hump? No. But is it time we can have a small celebration and tell him get back on the track? Absolutely. He's, he's had a couple first downs. He's doing well. But he still has a long road. He has to stay on well, that path. That begs the question, then, small celebrations. Can you have the big celebration with the confetti and all that coming down with Tony Romo as the quarterback of the I, Cowboys? I don't know why everyone keeps believing and thinking that Tony <laughs> Romo can't lead this team to a Super Bowl. I mean, he's put up some incredible numbers. We uh, Dallas has to get more people around him to make plays consistently. And, and more so than anything, I think Dallas has to get the people in the running game to play consistently to help him. Because when he has a consistent running game, Tony Romo one of the better quarterbacks in this National Football League. Moose, I'll say you on that. I, I agree with Michael. I, I mean, he's two years removed from one of the better seasons we've seen a quarterback have. And if it's not for Brady, Breeze, and Stafford going for 5,000-plus, you know, what he did two years ago, I think it was 31 TDs and five interceptions. Yep. That was the knock on Tony, and that was the challenge for Jason Garrett is how do I keep the good Tony Romo making these great plays and extending without the bad Tony Romo that has the turnover. Two years ago, he handled that. Well, what happened this year? The offensive line, and, and you know, we haven't talked about that yet. Their first game right. together was the opening game of the season. Yeah. They're in, in disarray all year. So right. there's your running, running game. game. The issue, DeMarco Murray, you give the, the majority of the yards this year were made on sheer will of DeMarco Murray. There were not a lot of well-blocked running plays during the course of the season. And then after he missed five or six games and came back, he was still the leading rusher. Yeah. That's how poor the running game yeah. was. You know, he missed five games, and he came back, and he was still the leading rusher on that football team, so nobody was running while he was gone. No, no, and that, that to me, is the common link with that offense. That's what went wrong. So, and, and there was one time we talked to Brett Favre, and he told me it was, it was in a season in which he was really struggling with turnovers. He had a ton of interceptions, and we had him late. And he's like, the way our defense is playing right now, I feel like I've got to have points every time I go on the field. And he goes, I am not making good decisions because of that. I'm forcing it, but I have to. You know, I can't go five plays and then we got a punt. I've got to get a field goal. I've got to get a touchdown. And you just wonder how much that impacts a guy when you're going through a season. They know the pressure that's on them. They know what the national media and the local media are saying about the Dallas Cowboys. And you wonder now if the pressure's there and they're starting to force a little bit from time to time. You know, we have people come up with their logo polos and their collars are all cockeyed and their sleeves are stretched out. Look at this. The dry fit. He's got the nice <laughs> ring in the collar. It's laying flat. I see the Purina Pro Plan logo there. You got a yellow. I got a black lab named Skeeter. You have a yellow lab yeah. named Gunner. Tell me about Pro Plan. Uh, Pro Plan is a series that Purina's put out, and, and it's for the competition dogs that they have. And, and it's not only the training and everything that they do, but also the nutritional value of the food that they're going to provide for them. But to me, the big key was uh, the, app, the app that they put out. It's the P5 app, and you can download it at iTunes. It's free. And what we did, we started a month ago with Gunner, and we had to gear it towards the canine combine today. And he was going to be involved with all the show dogs that you see. So if you're at the halftime of a game and you see the guy with the Frisbees and everything, those were the dogs that Gunner was going to have to go against. So, you know, we had a month to get him into shape. And uh, he, he actually performed earlier today. He, he did fantastic. Caught the oh, Frisbee yeah. great. Better than I thought. <laughs> and then my daughter, because I told her, I said, listen, 
you know, they're asking us to do this in January leading up to Super Bowl. I said, I'm traveling a lot, so we've got to be consistent with the training, so I'm going to have to have you help me out. And she, she's always loved it. We go to the State Fair, and she wants to go see the dog show. So she's out in the back. She's designing her own obstacle courses and, and kind of pushing his training a little bit. So they actually brought her down, and my daughter ran him through the, uh, the obstacle go. course today. So Very it's been cool. great for the family. It's been great for the dog. And, and if you have a dog... And, and you've always wanted him to learn how to catch the flying disc, the Frisbee. I'm telling you, two days with this app. I've been teaching dogs. We had a dog when I was a boy growing up. We've had two dogs before Gunner, and none of them, none of them could catch it because I didn't know how to train them. And two days after I had this app, he was, he was catching Frisbees. That's awesome. Sold. We need uh, Super Bowl picks. Man, you know, my, my heart wants Ray to add, you know, for what he's done and how he served the league. I would love to see him ride off on that champion white horse but you know just san francisco it, it looks they look so hard to beat with those design like i mean this dude the way he designs those blocking schemes are incredible hardball yeah. man he's incredible let me touch it oh, yes. right. <laughs> right. exactly. you're not going to turn his arm into dust we used to uh we get announced right 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 when we used to have you know you announced the offenses and they used to announce the offense, and we come running in. I'm like, ah, we're hype. And the guys would be like, oh, I'm taking my hand back. I don't think so. There's Michael. Or a Big E. You know, we, we, we're emotional e, people. Big E will break your hand coming through the ah, it's like, Stop hitting my hand. We played emotion. You walk around, you ask Mike, hey, what did Daryl mean to your office? You're like, Adam, let me tell you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always say it to Moose. I said, boy, you the hardest white boy I know. <laughs> Until Moose, and I saw him today. Until we ran into Ted Jones. And I saw Ted oh. today. I said, Ted, I said, oh, Ted, God. he said, Michael, he introduced him to me. He said, Michael, I'm Ted. I, said, I know who you are. Trust me. I talked to Moose about you. I told him that today. I said, when I talked to Moose, Moose said, that's so hard, white guy right there. That's so hard. It was, it was this. Right you can never get to him. We played New England the one time. And em Emmett, Emmett, finally, I mean, we're, we're moving the ball down the field, but it was, you know, Ted. Tackle number 52, tackle number. So Emmett finally comes into the huddle after one of the plays. He goes, who has got number 52? <laughs> a, about four of us raised our hand. You know, which play? <laughs> Quickly, uh, we're going to go out to our fan cam. Jamie Maggio out at our Bridgestone fan zone. She's standing with a fan, I believe, that has a question for Michael Irvin. Jamie, what do you got there? fan cam. I'm the fan here. It's Amani Tuber, you guys. Oh and uh, one of the athletes getting into broadcasting, of course, now you're doing NBC Sports Radio, but um, you have something in common with uh, Michael Irvin, you said, right? Yeah, Michael, I just want to make sure you use the edge and arc and maybe the stature. Use the stature. Pull up. <laughs> a little broadcasting tip for uh, for you guys watching at home. Project, our, project uh, Michael Irvin. Absolutely. Project. Now, and, and, and he's talking about our guy here, Arthur Joseph, who works with us. You know, it's just like anything else. Uh, I want to be a great receiver. I go get everybody and anybody that knows about playing the game of receiver and learn from him, Arthur Joseph. Is a vocal coach that I work with, and he works with yep. also, and he's always telling us to project. I think I'm pretty loud enough. Yeah, you might have to <laughs> you know, dial it back. Yeah, maybe. Last maybe. thing, Daryl, we need your Super Bowl pick, if you don't mind. Uh, kind of the same thing Michael said. You know, did we get to see another player ride off into the sunset as a champion for Ray Lewis? We, we've seen Elway do it. Yeah. We've seen Strahan. We've seen Bettis do it. It doesn't happen very often. Are we about ready to see one of those? 
I, I, I just think San Francisco is too good. I think the way they played defensively against Atlanta, they will not let that happen again. I mean, I was shocked to see Julio Jones behind everybody in that defense. Uh, Vic Fangio is not going to let that happen again. And if you go back and look at the end of that game, you know, what was a close game in the championship game should not have been. They blew two opportunities late. That should have been a 38-24 game at least. You know, San Francisco, when they are on, they are, they are tough to beat, and I just don't see them having the type of performance they had in the championship game. Atlanta had the shot, caught them on a day where they should have been able to beat them uh, to get to the Super Bowl against Baltimore. The, the 49ers won't let that happen again. That bunch receiver set that uh, they played against the 49ers, Atlanta did, it really gave them some problems. That's how Julio got that first touch mm -hmm. now. They were in bunch, and they didn't know who to pick up. Yeah, and I'm sure, I'm sure Baltimore will try some of that, but they'll be more prepared. But, you know, we always talk about that. Why do something that somebody did the week before to have success? Right. Because right. you know they're going to fix that. Right. Yeah. Come yeah. back and run the compliment yeah. off of that and challenge yeah. them with what they're not expecting. Yep. Two of the all-time best yep. from one of the all-time best teams. But, Michael, I've said it to you before. I The first time, T.O. or anybody else celebrating the newfangled wide receivers, you're the first guy I ever saw at about the 50-yard line or 40-yard line running in that orange number 47, holding the ball out, arms extended. You're the trailblazer <laughs> in that regard. First guy. To yeah. I never liked you when you played the first team. <laughs> Everybody on my right. team, you know, said, I never liked you when you played it. Yeah. <laughs> we love you now, though. We didn't like you. I always, always say that. Man, I don't know why. Guys, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. And lastly, we'll finish things off with the guy who might may end up being the rookie of the year, gangbuster season with the Indianapolis Colts, Andrew Luck. The man sitting on the set with us, uh, quite simply, the greatest Stanford Cardinal ever. So good, they named the position coach after. Oh, come on, you go to the Oasis Burger, they say it. I mean, you know, it used to be Tommy was plunking for a while. Now it's this guy, Andrew Luck, a remarkable rookie campaign. And talk about expectations and then living up to them and then some. What was it like coming in and what you felt, you know, that city and, and football fans expected of you? Yeah, it was, it was uh, first of all, Indianapolis is a great place to play. Yeah. Fans get behind you. you. You feel like the whole state, uh, you know, is watching the game behind you every, every minute of the way. And, uh, you know, it felt, felt a lot of love from a lot of people in that city. It was, uh, it was nice to have a great veteran leadership core with Reggie Wayne yeah. and Rob Mathis, Dwight Freeney to sort of lead us, Adam Vinatieri, one of those guys, you know, to lead us along that way. And us young guys just tried to help out. But it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun this year. Realistically, what were your expectations going into the season? Did you think the playoffs were possible? Yeah, I, I did. And, and I think, you know, coming into the locker room, I didn't know what to expect. You know, OTA is like, okay, what's the, how do, how's the locker room going to feel? But, but guys wanted to win. And you realize, you know, there's some guys on the team that don't have five years to wait to be good, you know, to, to, have, to be on a playoff team. So, you know, we worked for the playoffs every day. Uh, glad we got there. Disappointed we couldn't, you know, go any farther. Wish we could be playing in this game, but uh, we'll come back next year and fight for it. Well, last time we saw you, of course, it was in Baltimore, and I guess the last image we see from that game is Ray Lewis dancing on the field. What was the vibe like? Obviously, you're not happy with the result of the game. Are you drinking that moment in? Are you using it as inspiration for next season? What's going on in your head? Yeah, you know, I think you have to. You have to remember that feeling of walking off the field, just, you know, feeling disappointed a little disgusted with yourself I mean, why can we do more why can we do more so you know we'll use that as motivation going 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 forward and uh you know hopefully get better uh i was at the the game in detroit i was calling that game uh if you could it, i think it's the most remarkable play of the regular season just i think you're down 12 i want to say with four a little over four minutes to go take us through the last sequence and for people that i think it was donnie avery you threw the touchdown pass yeah. too right 
Were you thinking run? Or do you know you're going to pass? How did it all play out, that game-winning touchdown? Uh, you know, I think even before the game-winning touchdown, it was guys were just playing hard. You know, no matter the score, guys were playing hard. And so when we got, you know, when we were down by six or what, I'm yep. not quite sure, seven uh, or five, uh, and, and, and we're on fourth down, you know, four seconds left. So, I mean, I, uh, this ball better be thrown in the end zone, you know, because I don't, I don't want to be the guy who threw it short and it got tackled, <laughs> right. but started started scrambling a bit. I know the, the other players before had sat in the pocket and just, it was all very congested, so it's moved around a little bit, and Donnie did a great job running. I said, all right, I'll take my chances throwing it, in, you know, in front of the end zone, and he, I didn't think about running it in myself at all. Donnie's a lot faster than me. Right. <laughs> uh, he did a great job of finishing it off. And you look at this season, and, and we talked about it, expectations coming in. How much of being at Stanford helped with that? I mean, you know, you look at what Jim Harbaugh inherited from Walt Harris, a one-win team, and yeah. you're part of, you know, what I said is perhaps the most improbable resurrection of a football program in the BCS era. Did that play into what you were able to do? Uh, yeah, I, you know, I think a lot of my experiences at Stanford helped out, you know, in the NFL. I think you say that for every player experience in college is going to help out, but it was, I'll say it was a lot of fun to be a part of that turnaround at Stanford. I know all the guys in my class and the classes that, that I got to play at Stanford took a lot of pride in the university and pride in the fact that, you know, we were able to win some football games there. Everybody began rooting for the Colts at some point in the season with uh, the Pagano story, Chuck Strong. But with the with Bruce Arians now moving on, yeah. what practically is that going to be going to mean for the offense? What's it going to mean for you personally since you have such a personal yeah. relationship with him? What's now the challenge going to be in year two? Yeah, well, uh, selfishly, I was very upset when, when Bruce left. You know, I wish he could stick around, but but happy for him. No one, you know, I don't think anybody else deserves a shot as much as he does at, at being an NFL head coach. Uh, and, and it will be a challenge to get, get going and get going again. But we've got Pep Hamilton coming in, who I worked with at Stanford, who I have a great, great relationship with, who's very, very smart, you know, does, does a lot of great things football-wise. So, so we'll get together. We're, you know, we'll do a lot of the same stuff we did at Stanford. And, and you know, I'm, I'm going to push for a lot of the stuff that, that we did with Coach Arians. I know because it, it was a lot of great things. And so, you know, I, I hope we don't miss a beat. We'll work hard and, and, and try and get better as an offensive unit. When Bruce left, did you go up to the front office and say, hey, I got a guy I know who's coming in and step right in? No, no, no. Those guys are much smarter than me. <laughs> and they make all the, the, the tough, hard decisions. I'm just happy it worked out with Pep. Andrew, uh, Scott Olster from San Francisco Examiner, SFGate.com, you know, shared the story that you met Colin Kaepernick at the Manning Passing Academy here in New Orleans and kind of explained the story. Jim Harbaugh asked you at Stanford, anybody you see that impressed you? Walk us through, you know, what that experience was like for you and Colin and how you got to know him. Yeah, I, mean, I got to know Colin through, through the Manning Passing Academy and a great deal where they invite a bunch of college kids down to be counselors. And uh, you know, I, I don't remember <laughs> you know, exactly what happened, but I've always been very impressed with Colin. So I'm sure, if, you know, when Coach Harbaugh asked me about him, I, that I, I told him what I thought. And, you know, great athlete, great guy, uh, great arm. And uh, so I guess, you know, it's worked out well for both of them now. Yeah. Sounds like you're taking credit for the success. You're like, oh, hardly. yeah, Colin, I, I discovered <laughs> Hardly, <him."> hardly, <laughs> hardly. What would have happened if your father didn't move back to the States and you were over in Europe? Because you were playing soccer, right? I mean, would you have played football? I mean, you're obviously you're a specimen here, but what were you right. playing over there? I was playing a lot of soccer, a lot of yeah. basketball. They actually had baseball at the school as well. Okay. So that was the one sort of American sport we were playing. But uh, yeah, no football. It did that help? 
Did it help? I mean, the footwork, I would assume, right? It yeah, all yeah, helps. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it hurt by any right. means. I don't right. think it hurt. Love playing the what-if game. Do you ever ask yourself, what if I would have gone uh, to the NFL a year earlier? You likely go to the Carolina yeah. Panthers. Do you ever wonder what might have been? I don't play that game like you. <laughs> <laughs> like you, Shaq. The kind of differences that make you a much better person than I. Exactly. Like we, uh, we ask the fans to interact through our Twitter feed, at NFL live so uh, here we go Andrew a fan question who had the most impact on you as a player in your rookie year most impact on me as a player I'll say the player that had the most impact on me was was Reggie Wayne uh, he was an unbelievable professional it was great to play with him this past year and hopefully we do some you know, do even better things in the next couple of years so he was the player that had the most impact and then uh, the coach that had the most impact, probably Coach Arians, and, and what he did and being around him and, and having him guide me sort of through the ropes. Uh, we see the logo on your right sleeve there, that yep. beautiful uh, Quaker and Quaker Oats, way to fire up that metabolism every <laughs> morning. Tell us all about it. Yeah, so down, down here in uh, New Orleans with, with Quaker and NFL Play 60, uh, just trying to spread the positive message of, of, of staying active for 60 minutes. I think NFL Play 60 does a great job with that. Uh, and then, and then eating healthy, making smart food choices. I know, uh, you know a, lot of, a lot of talk is made about obesity and childhood obesity. I know, that, you know my favorite moments as a kid sometimes came outside, playing with my dad, playing with my buddies. So just trying to encourage kids to get outside, eat right, and uh, spread a positive message. Last thing for you, maybe Super Bowl pick, if you don't mind. What do you uh, like? I'm not going to join no? the thousands of pundits <laughs> no? making picks. So I just hope it's a good game. All right, it gets to the March Madness then. Do you turn your back on the Cardinal and go with the Hoosiers to win over the uh, the locals? No, I can't do that. I can't do that. I just hope Stanford makes the tournament this yeah. year. <laughs> Tough year in the Pac-12. Uh, congratulations on thank the success, and thank you for taking the time out. And there goes Luck, and here go Rank and I into the night. Rank, what do you say? Tonight we hit the town. Tonight we live like men. How about oh, yeah. that? Rosie McGee just hit the ground, too. It's going to be a long Oh, night. your old lady? Yeah. Oh, that makes me a third wheel. Stop it. All right. Or makes you the third wheel. Probably. We'll see what happens. It gets weird <laughs> down here in New Orleans. All right. Now, listen. NFL.com Live, the place to be, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. on the West Coast. And if you're in between, you can do the math on that one. Um, but... We will have Tracy Morgan. Who else? Rank all sorts of stars. Archie Manning. Archie Manning. Oh, the, it, the list of stars. It, it, it can't be believed. That's why you'll have to tune in to try and believe it. Also, NFL.com fan passes where you can see more of Rank's work throughout the week. we got the shame report and NFL coming up, so on and so forth. We'll speak with you tomorrow from New Orleans. In the meantime, though, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. 
Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. 